As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. My name's John Doran, and I write about music. For this episode of the British Masters for Noisy, we're going back in the vaults to 2017, when, on the eve of the release of his first solo album, As You Were, I spoke to Liam Gallagher. All right, I'd like to welcome Liam Gallagher to British Masters. Yes. Liam, how's nice. it going? It's all good, man. Nice to meet you. So this series is called British Masters, and like over the last few years, I've interviewed people like John Lydon, yeah. Johnny Marr, uh, Jimmy Page. Do you see yourself as being in like a kind of a lineage with these Better kind of rock stars? Better than that. Yeah, without a doubt. I see myself as one of the fucking true great rock and roll singers on the planet, without a doubt. Songwriting, that's not my bag. I class myself more as a singer. Certainly better than Johnny Mann and better than John Lydon. Do you get a lot of people just bumping into you in the street who immediately think, right, let's go to the pub then? A few, yeah. It's not even a pint these days. Yeah. Normally it's just straight in. Fancy a line and a pint? I'm like, I don't know what decade you're in, lads, yeah. but this ain't the fucking 90s. <laughs> You've been announced that you're playing Glastonbury mm. this summer. Mm. And um, what, what are your memories of like the first time you played Glastonbury? First time I played Glastonbury, yeah, man, it was good. We were young. Yeah, it was great, man. I remember coming off stage and my clothes robbed. And I remember meeting someone, some very strange kid who'd come up to me and he thought I had cocaine in me air. Fucking hell, man. It's Liam Gallagher. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he come, oh, I've got psoriasis, so I've obviously been scratching it during the day and that. And there's little white bits of shit. And they were taking it out of my hair and putting it on the gums and putting up the fucking nose and all like that. Okay. <laughs> Do you ever catch yourself being out now at some kind of ridiculous kind of celebrity party? No, no, never, mate. And you won't catch me either because I don't go to... It was full of cunts in the 90s and a fucking hell. I, I dread to think what fucking what they're like now these days, you know what I mean? So it didn't, I didn't get on with them, man. I'd done a few in the 90s and just bailed, man, and carried on. Just went back to wherever I was from. So where did you used to go to school? And I went to St Mark's, which is the secondary school, which is in Didsbury. Who was your most hectic teacher? So I had a geezer called Mr Smith, and he was a cockney, and he looked like John Lennon. Proper hippie. Yeah. He fucking stunk of coffee. But he'd be like, hey, you boy, and he'd grab you fucking by the thing and all that, and we made a wrap-up about him called the Sass Rap. We call him Sassy. Yeah. Mr fucking Sasquatch. My name's Sess and I'm the best. I've got a great big airy chest, something like that shit. <laughs> and, he, and then he'd find, he'd, he'd always hear us fucking adding another verse to it, but he'd fucking, you boy! He's all right, cunt. Are your kids like a conduit to kind of, you know, youth culture or whatever? Lennon's got the classic thing. He's always, if he's in that Grateful Dead and shit, he's always been really? playing me some mad weird shit like fucking 
velvet underground and stuff. I'm like, that's cool. Well, there's jeans more grime on and stuff, you know what All I mean? Right. So, have you been watching the trip with yes. Rob Bryden and Steve Coogan? Love it. Love Coogan. Love Rob Bryden. Love Coogan more, though. Because you just look at him and you just go, even though he's cleaned up his shit and all that, that's what he's saying, that he's, he just looks fucking like he's close to the bone. <laughs> but did you used to party with him back in party the day? Party with him once. There was a wedding going on. Me and him were sat at the bar having a couple of fucking drinks in this dungeon thing. Anyway, all the people come in, they're going like, geez, Liam, are you going to sing Wonderwall? I was like, ah. I ain't singing fucking Wonderwall, man. No, none of that nonsense. And I think that just round about that time it was out. I was going, no, I ain't singing none of that shit. He's going, ah, leave him alone. I'll fucking sing a song. And I don't think they really knew who he is. And he got up on stage and sang, it's not unusual by Tom Jones, but fucking mega. Yeah, yeah. So I'm at the back laughing, rolling around. They're all going, ah, geez, I don't know what you're laughing at. He's better singer than you. <laughs> anyway, go back to me fucking. Anyway, I think we drank all the Guinness. I think we've gone up to our room, to whatever, but none of that. And then uh, I think we crashed out. Well, we definitely crashed out. I woke up in the morning and I see this lump in the bed. I've gone, oh, God, who's this? I had a little tap on the fucking... And it was him and he was fully clothed. He's gone, aha! <laughs> I haven't seen him since. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. I'm, I seriously haven't fucking seen him since. You had a, a big night out with Maradona, didn't you? We was in Argentina and we'd done a gig. And um, next minute, we're sat in the bar having a fucking drink. And loads of fuck, about 30 people have come legging it in. Like the anthill mob. And we're going, who the fucking hell is that? Sting was at the bar crying because he'd fucking had his dressing room robbed. And anyway, so found out it was Maradona. Gone upstairs with a load of fucking madheads and a load of fucking women of the night. So we were going, look, can we just go up and meet him? Like that to the fucking interpreter. And the interpreter has gone, all right, cool. Let me just go and fucking square him. He's gone up. Come back down, he's gone, only the Gallagher brothers can go up. So we were like, ah, laters to the rest of the band. Steamed up there and we're going, and we got in there and there's fucking loads of activity going on. Maradona's in the middle of the room fucking doing football tricks with a bottle top. And his eyes were fucking like that. And we, ours weren't far off and we were just, I was going, look, it's a bit moody in here. Like, let's fucking just get a quick picture with him and we'll fuck off. And he's fucking sweating his bollocks off. And we turn around and said, oh, what, what did he just say? He says, he's told me to tell you if you leave with any of his bitches, he'll have your shot. Well, all right. Nice guy, right? Tell us about meeting John McEnroe. John McEnroe, that was in New York. And we've come off stage and he was there and he's, he's got a fucking great guys, man. Do you want to fucking join? And we're going, fucking yes, John McEnroe, you fucking mania. He goes, I'm in a fucking band. Went straight on to him. I was like, go on. And we're going like that. Fucking smoke everywhere going, this is happening. You cannot be serious. And we're going, it's still fucking happening. And he's going, was it in or was it out? And that was it. And he's going like that. And he's going, what do you reckon? And we're like, ah, fucking yes, man. Not seen him since either. That's it with all these fucking people. I've come across him once, man. Are you more chilled out now than you were 20 years ago? A little ago? bit. But I can fucking, I can, you know, I can go from that, like that to that in fucking just any time, you know what I mean? If uh, something arises, you know what I mean? When was the last time you were in a situation where you thought, I'm not going to get out of this either alive or without serious injury? Because I've been in a few situations, but I always seem to get out of them. Lose a couple of teeth here and there, but it's all right. Get some new ones. I'm not the smiliest of person, so it doesn't really matter whether I've got any in my head or not, you know what I mean? What I was genuinely thinking about is, it's like I remember it as clear as a bell of like, you know, that year of walking into a pub and Oasis would be on the jukebox and everyone would be in the pub singing it. You've got 
a recording of you two having a fight, yeah. and it got into the charts. Yeah. Do, do you miss the madness of that? Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. That's the beauty of Oasis. It was, it was everything went, anything went, you know what I mean? I like this bit up here. It's nice, isn't it? Fucking hell, this is beautiful, isn't it? It's not like being in the park in Longside. <laughs> Saying that, though, man, the park in Levin's room now, I went past it a couple of weeks ago when I was up there seeing my mum. It's got a fucking mini-sized stone engine there in my old park where I used to go tripping. Fucking 20 years too late, though. Could have done with seeing that fucking years ago. Yeah, yeah. I heard that you ran into Frankie Dottori on your holidays. Yeah, I bumped into him once. We were sitting out drinking some margaritas. There was me, Liam Howlett, our apology, and my mate, Adam. And he's come over in his speedos. Hey, 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 fucking hey, hey and all that stuff. He's joined in anyway. <laughs> and he's turned around, he's going he's gonna to be back in a second, and he's gone to the fucking shop and bought me mate a bra. Because Adam was a bit, bit big at the time and that. So it didn't go down well with him anyway. The tequilas are flying and all that tackle. And then it all gets, you know, when he just sort of just goes a bit fucking silly. At some point, I'm on the back of him in his speed, because we've had him out now for about eight hours. And he's got his speedos on. He's going, hey, see my strong legs and all that. I was going fucking on the back. I got on the back and I'm proper slapping him on the ass. I'm running round this gaff. I haven't seen him since either. <laughs> so, whatever happened to you being a guest on Countdown? Yeah, I'm not going on that, man. I like the noise. Do, 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 do. That's about fucking it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking sitting there. Nah, man, that's not for me, man. The latest one yeah. was Will You Come and Sing Fucking Hockey Street for Only Fools and Horses. You do know I'm from Manchester. Aren't there any that you do? Like, no, you wouldn't do the jump, you wouldn't do come no, down. No, I wouldn't do the jump, I wouldn't do any of that bollocks. If people haven't fucking noticed, I'm on a different fucking plane, man. BDI split up in 2014. What, what did you do in those three years? Mm, sat about, done fuck all, moaned a lot. Just a bit like, oh fuck, you know, and I was like sitting there thinking, right, maybe this is all it. I need to get my personal shit intact and that. Got no songs, I've got no band. Maybe this is it, maybe, this, that, maybe that was the last bit of music that I'm going to do. So I was preparing just to sort of leave quietly and then all of a sudden I started messing about with the guitar and I think it's a song called When I'm in Need pops up and then Bold and then Greedy Soul and then I thought ah, something's happening here and I was getting up really early in the morning three or four in the morning just going through the lyrics and just getting it right and here we are. It's 2017 and we're looking at over a quarter of a century of you like making music full time. Why was this year the year to do a solo album? My life seems to have a lot of drama. In the last four years, there's a lot of that going on. All to do with my own doing and that, but um, let's just get back and do, remind people what I do. Is there something about the process of you being a solo star that you're Makes not... Makes me want to throw up. The word solo gives me the fucking fear, man. But it's just got to be done. I mean, there's a band now. We've got a band together and that, so I feel a lot more... I mean, if I was going out and doing it on my own, that just, I wouldn't hear that one happen, you know what I mean? The idea of like an acoustic guitar and a stool is still somewhere in the distance. Not like... happening, it's not happening, man. Yeah, never. I mean, I can, I, can, I can play guitar barely, you know what I mean? I can write a few tunes on it, but the thought of getting up and standing there and doing it, there's enough of them fuckers out there doing that, you know what I mean, as far as I'm concerned. I'm talking of freedom. Obviously, you didn't have to answer to anyone. So I was wondering, you know, was there any ever kind of 
internal conversation where you're thinking, right, now's my chance to get in. Someone to do a flute solo, get a marimba player in, maybe get the orchestra in to do some kind of cosmic space jazz, get some footwork beats going. No. There was, some, there was a bit of sax trying to sneak in the door and that, but that got fucking stopped. As it come in and that, we can't be having saxes on the, on the record. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the songs seem to be about specific people. They're about everyone, you know what I mean? They're about my mum, they're about Debbie, they're about my kids, they're about me. Do you find it uh, a way of kind of exercising stuff, you know, writing these kind of lyrics, getting stuff off your With chest? That, yeah, because then, then you can move on, you know what I mean, and just wait for the next batch to come. It's like landing a plane, isn't it? And you're not, you know, you get a lot of that stuff where you're circling before you've got to land the plane and that. For me, once they landed, then you can move on and land another one, you know what I mean? Before you know it, you've got the airwaves are clear, you know what I mean? It's the best form of um, therapy ever. Why do you think that Oasis never kind of clicked big time with the kind of audiences in the States? Mm, I don't know, I think we're a bit too laddie or English for them or whatever it is. You know what I mean, it happens, man. I'm, I'm quite happy with the way we went down in America, to be brutally honest. I think if we'd have got big in America, I'd be a proper cunt. I'm not here to be more famous or less famous. I'm not here to be, to re -kick, restart my career. Fuck that, I've done everything that I wanted to do. Do you want to get like a massive world tour off the back of it? No, I'm not, I mean, I'll go with wherever it goes. Wherever it goes small, I'm prepared for small because I've been small. And if it goes big, I'm prepared for big. I just want to get out of the fucking house, to be brutally honest. And have something to do, you know what I mean? I've had four years of fucking about and sitting around and it ain't good for your health, you know what I mean? That'll be the death of you, man, being, having nothing to do, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in my mind, just to get out and do what I do, sing songs, I feel like I'm in good nick. You've, like, got a really kind of touching song on there for what it's worth, mm. and I think this will be, like, a real favourite amongst people, won't it? That's got an oasis-y kind of feel, a don't-look-back-in-anger kind of feel, I think. It's written as an apology, isn't it? And I was wondering, you know, what, yeah. what do you have to apologise kind of for? Well, I've pissed off a lot of people over the years and that, so they can all have it. Here's the burning question that everyone wants to know. Bring it on. How do you cook potatoes? How do I cook potatoes? Yeah. Peel them, boil them, and then you put them in the fucking oven, right? Until they get crispy. I've never cooked a potato in my life. Do you like them? Yeah, potatoes, yeah. Potatoes are tough, aren't they? Yeah, I'm in a band with a few. Yeah. Is that how you cook potatoes? That's one way of cooking them, yeah. Well, how do you cook them? If you smash them all up or around the edges, then put them into the oven to bake, yeah. that's how you get the crispy bits. That's what I'm on about. Yeah, roast potatoes. No, I'm not into that mash shit. That's just violence. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, mate. <laughs> Good question. Is that how you cook a potato? That was me, John Doran, talking to a British musician who has changed the course of popular culture. This is the British Masters podcast. Watch the visual versions of the episodes on YouTube by searching Noisy British Masters and subscribe here to get new episodes of the audio version. Godspeed, friends, and remember, listen to Electric Wizard.